0: I've got Chloe Swalbrick, Green Party MP, on the line to talk about the result of the cannabis referendum that took place as part of the general election last month. Chloe has been backing the legalisation of cannabis since she was elected to Parliament in 2017. Kia ora, Chloe.
1: Hello
0: Gary, long time no talk my friend. Yeah, no, it's good to hear from you again. Thanks very much for coming on the free breakfast. So, of course. Not. The final referendum results are in and an extremely slight majority of voters have said no to the legalization of cannabis. 50.7% said no and 48.4% said yes. Did you expect this sort of result though you obviously hoped for a different one?
1: Yeah. We we knew that it was going to be incredibly tight and, you know, I have had recently a number of my past interviews sent back to me, as people have noted, that had they watched them, then perhaps they might have voted differently, that being in the yes camp. And just to really drive on and emphasise how close this was... If 34,000 people had voted yes instead of no, we would have had legal controlled cannabis in Aotearoa. That was the margin that we're talking about. So uh, we always knew it was going to be incredibly tight. And actually, the uh, anecdote that I used was comparing this to... How we could potentially have the same situation that occurred in 1913, that's 1913, uh, when there was an attempted prohibition of alcohol, which originally won by 10,000 votes, but then got overturned when all the soldiers' votes came back through from overseas, uh, meaning that continuance or the status quo, that is legal control of alcohol, continued by around 30,000 votes. So it's funny how history to a certain extent repeats itself. Uh, so, yeah, this is what it is, and we continue working. What it has shown is that, of course, there was a very narrow rejection on the vote outcome uh, for a very niche, very narrow part of the drug law reform ecosystem. But that doesn't mean at all, I mean, I think particularly with even the prohibitionists eventually coming on board to argue for decriminalisation further down the track, that they themselves see the harm that the criminal justice system can cause when it comes into, uh, the picture for those who are struggling with addiction or abuse of substances. So my focus continues to be on complete repeal and replacement of that Me 1975.
0: So that brings me on to one of my next questions, which I was going to ask. Some voices have been suggesting that the no vote is an issue of institutional racism, that Māori are overrepresented in those currently convicted of cannabis use, and as such, that the no vote was effectively an endorsement of that. uh, Do you think the Pākehā um, would have voted with that inherent endorsement in mind, or do you think it's a more simplistic way that people have looked at the yes or no vote?
1: I think that definitely there is something to be said about personal experience and lived experience of particularly the criminal justice system, which, as we know, and as even the current head of the police forces says, uh, is grappling with institutional and particularly historical instances of racism. We see that reflected in cannabis statistics when we know that young Māori are multiple times more likely, even when adjusted for past offences in general, uh, but multiple times more likely to be picked up for the police for first-time cannabis offences, and multiple times more likely to be charged. So uh, I do think that whilst some people wouldn't necessarily see it as explicitly racist, they wouldn't think of themselves as that, it is something to be said that they haven't necessarily experienced what it's like to have the law racistly applied to you and to your whanau and we see that reflected as well and the fact that Māori overwhelmingly voted for legalisation.
0: So a lot of people voted from a privileged perspective basically uh, uh, whether they knew, th- knew that or not.
1: I think a lot of people voted from their perspective. And again, it is a difficult one to begin to unpack, particularly, I think, in an increasingly politically polarized society, Uh, you know how you came to those conclusions with all of those cognitive biases and everything else coming into play. And look, I don't think that you ever shift or change anybody's mind when you go out there to attack them or make them feel bad or otherwise. So my role has always been to try and have people question you know, if this isn't something that you think is going to necessarily impact your life. I had, for example, a huge number of what I, um, you know, at a certain point, did get somewhat frustrated with and did, did uh, mention their privilege to them. But of um, young am men who said, well, you know, the system's working OK for me now. I can get my cannabis and, you know, I'm worried about the fact that I may have to pay tax, etc. So, you know, I'm going to vote no because i like my dealer and I'm quite happy for things to as they are. And I had to raise with these guys that they were never, ever going to be at risk of prosecution nor criminalisation. If they weren't voting for themselves, then God forbid they needed to vote for others, for those who are disproportionately impacted. And actually I'd hope that we extend that co that way of thinking, beyond simply just the cannabis referendum but actually thinking about how we design the social contract, how we design society because we shouldn't just be thinking of how we can create a system that works best for us but you know, COVID-19 has shown very clearly that we are all only as strong as our most vulnerable
0: I'm speaking with Chloe Swarbrick from the Green Party. Is the no vote to cannabis legalisation a reason why people should be getting heated, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as it were, and saying Aotearoa New Zealand just isn't progressive enough? I've seen on social media, on announcement of the results, some people were heaping disdain on the nation for not being uh, you know, sort of progressive enough to say yes to this referendum.
1: I think definitely that uh, I understand the frustration um, of activists and advocates and particularly those who have seen the harms that prohibition can cause, uh, and those who you know have personally, like myself actually you know seen friends and family members get in a whole lot of um, you know harm as a result of being unable to access health support systems or otherwise, which is currently the, the problem under the prohibitionist type of model. Who's gonna put themselves forward and ask for help when they risk going away in handcuffs? But all of that being said, this was so close. I was actually talking to um, one of the many activists and advocates and those who have been in this space for a long time before I came around the other day. And I was saying, look, no, I actually feel, despite losing this battle here, that we have started to win the war. The conversations and the dialogue that we are now having around drug law reform, not just with regard to cannabis, but around the harms that prohibition and a criminal justice approach at large can cause are light years ahead of where we were three years ago. And there is a new sense of optimism after that grieving, which I think is important, uh, but there is a new sense of optimism that is coming to the fore about what is possible because people are starting to engage at a level of complexity and nuance that has never existed before,
0: so given the narrow margin of people voting no to the cannabis referendum, surely this mustn't be the last we will hear of cannabis legislation where to from here
1: this won 't be the last you 'll hear of drug law reform, so. I have been really clear for the last three years as we have continued to make narrow carve, out, carve outs out of the demonstrably unfit for purpose Misuse of Drugs Act 1975. We've done so for obviously medicinal cannabis. You know, my members bill at the start of 2018 was narrowly voted down again by the National Party and then the New Zealand First Party, deciding to vote not on conscience, but on mass, <laughs> uh, which is something that we see yet again repeated in the 2020 referendum. That aside, you know, we saw that carve out for medicinal cannabis. i worked with uh, then Dr David Clark, Minister of Health, to improve that legislation. But still, we don't have affordable medicinal cannabis for patients and for the Afano. and green theories are still being prosecuted. We've also seen carve-outs in response to the synthetics crisis, where I worked really hard to get the changes to Section 7 to require police to use their discretion to prosecute people who are found with small amounts of substances. We're also going to have a carve-out for Section 12, which is going to effectively legalise sexual drug-checking services to save lives, something that I've been working on for three years, and I'm hoping to see come up in front of Parliament. Uh, before Christmas, because we've been calling for this now for you know, every single year prior to the summer festival season. And, Gary, we just keep seeing all of these carve-outs, actually even also down to something like industrial hemp, which now, because of the vagaries of the law, is governed by the Ministry of Health as opposed to the Ministry for Primary Industries. So we just really need to get our heads screwed on here and realise that there is a huge opportunity to do things in a far more evidence-based way. And I think that we are starting to see the public uh, kind of consciousness coalesce around that dialogue and around that conversation. We also had two reports out of two different Labour Party ministers' ministries in the last term of government, out of the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Justice which both recommended repeal and replacement of the Misuse of Drugs Act. So yes, there is a huge amount of work to go there. Uh, and I can also allude to the fact that there is some mahi underway at present in conversations with particularly the Māori Party about where we can go to from here.
0: So the progress is far from over. Green Party MP Chloe Swarbrick, thanks so much again for joining me on the free breakfast today.
1: Look at where we started, Gary, on BSM. Now we're here. Catch Ye- you later, Ihoa.
0: Ngā